Good morning, people of God. Oh, no. It's going to be one of those Sundays. Is that what we're starting off this way? I said, good morning, people of God. Oh, my lordy Lord. All right, let's get after it. What a beautiful day the Lord has given us. Let us rejoice today and be glad in it. That's what Scripture tells us today. So, welcome everyone. For those of you joining us online, for those of you here, oh, it's a good day to be in worship. Uh, we will be celebrating Holy Communion, so hopefully on your way in, you received a communion kit or at your home, uh, take out some bread, some wine, some grape juice, whatever you have following our sermon today. A number of announcements. We have a lot of stuff coming up, fun stuff. Uh, this Saturday... We have the oil change ministry. There's more information in the entryway. If you're available Saturday morning to help, we take help of all kinds. It's a wonderful ministry we've been a part of for five years now in cooperation with two other churches uh, just to offer free oil changes and, you know, provide people a leg up a little bit. So check that out on your way out. Wanted to lift up that we have uh, our 7th through 12th grade youth group tonight. Starting at 6.30, pizza fun, we're going to do it all. Uh, we have a blood drive here tomorrow, and one of the good things about that is they will be receiving walk-ins. So if you're not sure of a specific time you're available, you can still come in if you are able to give the gift of life through giving of your blood. Uh, next Sunday, we're going to start uh, a new project, if you will. It's been shared with me, uh, Ryan Fox. He's the twin brother of one of our council members, Tyler Fox. We'll be collecting socks. I know, right? I feel like Dr. Seuss right now. Oh, all right, I guess. I know, right? We'll be having drinks on the rocks, collecting socks with Tyler and Ryan Fox. Uh, <laughs> That's just bad. What? <laughs> sorry. That's what you're going to get today. I'm sorry. Uh, but you're not going to do the whole sermon like that, are you? Yes. <laughs> Next week, we're going Dr. Seuss for sure. Uh, God, I feel loud. Okay. Um, so we'll be collecting socks. There'll be a bin available in the entryway throughout the month of October. Uh, really, if I remember correctly, I remember talking to Ryan about this. He, uh, he saw there, uh, there being a need, especially for the homeless, uh, before the weather got cold to, you know, you know have something for people to stay warm. Socks are kind of universal because they can be used as uh, containers. They can be used as, as mittens, as, you know, whatever. Uh, but socks are important. So, throughout the month of October, we'll be collecting socks in the entryway. Um, let's see. Book Club is starting for November. They're going to be reading the Book of Joy, which is an amazing book. I believe it's Bishop Desmond Tutu and uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, the, the um, Dalai Lama. Thank you. Um, so that book is an amazing book, and we'll be reading it. You read it on your own, and then come to the book club to talk about it. Uh, also wanted to lift up, there's free blood pressure checks this morning, uh, just down the hallway there. So if you want to get that done before you leave worship, by all means, please do so as well. Like I said, a lot of stuff. Uh, with all that said, amen. Woo. I could sing that all day long. No, okay, all right, all right, we're good, all right. <laughs> My sermon's long enough, okay. Uh, let us pray. Oh God, rich in mercy, you look with compassion on this troubled world. 
Feed us with your grace and grant us the treasure that comes only from you. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, and all of God's people say, Amen. Please be seated. Well, sisters, brothers, dear ones, grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So before we jump into this week, last week I invited you to uh, pick just one person and intentionally touch base with them every day, spend your time, your abilities, your money, all of who you are to deepen that relationship, to experience a, a better taste of what Jesus calls true wealth, the gift of people in our lives. As I said last week, I won't be checking to see if you actually tried, but I, I hope you did. And let me tell you, I'm so glad that I did. It felt pretty amazing reconnecting with my person and being more intentional, not just taking that relationship for granted. Especially those who, uh, I'm one of those where if someone's not in front of me, it's very easy for me to just be so caught up in the moment that I'm not thinking of those other people. So uh, for me, like my friends in Minnesota or whatnot, I don't stay connected as well because, well, I'm more focused on what's going on here. But to have that intentional time was so life-giving. And tell you what, I'm going to try it again this week. And who knows if that, you know, becomes a habit every week, pick someone new. Why not? Right? Life is too short to take for granted. It's never too late to start. All right. Moving on. We have a new reading for today, yet another opportunity to learn a new perspective on life. That seems to be our theme over the past number of weeks here, right? To gain new perspectives. And today we get the continuation of last week's reading. Last week we started chapter 16 in the book of Luke. And we ended, uh, this week we're going to start in verse 19. Okay, so I invite you to follow along on the screen. Jesus shares this, there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor, name, a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus to come dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received good things, and Lazarus, in like manner, evil things. But now he's comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us is a great chasm that has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. He said, Then, Father, I beg you to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them, so that they will not also come into this place of torment." Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. 
He said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. The word of the Lord. Yeah, right, like, thanks be to God? Really? Now, you might remember last week was a pretty lengthy reading where Jesus shared a parable with his disciples, a story to drive home the fact that you can't serve both God and wealth, so which is it going to be? Well, this morning, Jesus uses yet another parable, and once again, feels like the gloves are coming off. I mean, you ever ever get that feeling? I mean, when Jesus is just raw, almost seeming harsh or brutally real, he's just laying truth bombs and not holding back, and I get to preach about it today. (laughs) It's like, thank you, Jesus, right? But here's the deal. Here's what I've come to believe. I care and love you all so much that I have to preach on stuff like this too. As much as I would love, I know two weeks ago I had a sermon about being in the middle that people are, like, I still have people coming back and saying, oh, I remember that. It was so meaningful. I love that. Thank you so much. You're not going to be thanking me for this one. And it was tearing me apart inside. Like, I was just like, oh, I'd much rather give one y'all would love to hear. But then we get truth bombs like today, this parable. And I love you so much that I think we need to hear a message like this from time to time as well. I mean, in chapter 15, Jesus is sharing parables and, and, and stories that are incredibly beautiful, right? Filled with grace. It's the parables of the lost, right? The lost sheep, the lost coin, the, the, the lost prodigal son, right? Where the father is ecstatic when that son comes back to him. Oh, those are beautiful stories, And then we get chapter 16, and Jesus is like, yeah, I hope you like those. Buckle up. We kind of get a dun-dun-dun, right? I mean, these are way more difficult, even threatening parables here about money and the consequences of misusing it, about people and the consequences of misusing them. But if last week's parable was difficult because it was rather confusing, this week's hard because it's so painfully clear. Hoard wealth in this life and suffer the consequences in the next. Did y'all hear that message? I know I did the first time I sat down with this. It was like, really? I hear Abraham screaming down at this rich man saying, you had your chance, Mr. Rich Man. Now see how you like it in in Hades or Sheol or as we call it, hell. But the more I wrestled with this text, the more I have come to see maybe another perspective in the midst of this. Something else that's really important here, especially for Luke, who wrote these stories down. I mean, while there's absolutely no question that Luke was tremendously concerned about the proper use of wealth through a bunch of what he writes, it's also pretty clear that he wasn't trying to settle issues about the afterlife or eternal punishment or anything like that. I mean, we just, we don't see that anywhere else in the book of Luke. He just doesn't focus on that. So to me, that means there's something more than just you better Watch out, or you're in trouble. 
If anything, for Luke, it's less about eternity as much as it is about right now. For Luke, right now is what truly matters. And there was something in particular that got me seeing this story in a new perspective. It's this idea about the chasm, okay? So the rich man's looking up, he sees Lazarus with Abraham, and Abraham says, sorry, even if Lazarus wanted to, which I'm not sure he'd want to, he can't come down. There's a chasm between us. That chasm was fixed between the rich man and Lazarus, and it wasn't new. It was fixed a long, long time ago and reinforced every time that rich man came back to his house, to his mansion, and feasted sumptuously, as Luke tells us. I don't know about you. (laughs) I don't feast sumptuously all that often at my house, so it's a pretty big deal, right? Luke was really driving this home. He had enough and then even more than enough. And it was reinforced every time he was eating and Lazarus was at his front door. Because he obviously knew Lazarus was there and he understood his situation because later we find out. He cries out to Abraham and says, hey, send Lazarus. He knows his name. If he knows his name, he knew he was there. You can't even claim ignorance when you know someone's name. Yet he did nothing. And on top of that, even in the afterlife, the rich man continues to treat treat Lazarus like, like someone who doesn't matter, like a servant. Hey, Abraham, send that guy next to you to come dip some water on my tongue. Oh, no, no, that's not going to work. Tell you what, go send him to my brothers. Make him serve me still. So it's pretty clear that both in his earthly life and in the life to come, the rich man refuses to see Lazarus as a person, a, a human, a fellow child of God, and so ignores him and his reality. So I think that's inviting us to see something that Luke is trying to tell us here in that seeing is a very big deal. Because before you can have compassion for people, you have to see them, acknowledge their presence, their needs, their gifts, and above all, the fact that they too are children of God, worthy of respect and dignity and love. This is what the rich man fails to do. He cannot truly see Lazarus as someone worth his time, his energy, his wealth. And because of that, there's a barrier placed between them. And any time that there is a barrier between God's people, no good comes. And I'm thinking this, this is Luke's point all along. Less a warning about punishment in the next life, but instead urging us to the abundant life here and now that only comes when we see each other as God's beloved children. Worthy of care, attention, companionship. And now here's where it really hit the fan, right? We start to look at this parable and we're like, oh no, that's about us. <laughs> we can't just point the finger and be like, yeah, I'm glad I'm not the rich man. Whew. 
We are those people who have the law and the prophets and who have been sent someone risen from the dead to give us a heads up. We are the ones who gather each week to celebrate Jesus' victory over the grave, the, the forgiveness of sin that we receive, the possibility of living in the light of God's grace, mercy, and abundance. We're those people. We're the brothers in this story. The five brothers that are still yet alive, the one that the rich man would love to send Lazarus to go warn. That's kind of us right now. We're called to see not only our loved ones and the people who are like us or the ones that we like, but to also see the people we don't like, the, the people that don't see the things the same way, the people who, who seem more like a burden than anything else, to see them still as fellow children of God. Talk about a new perspective or maybe a reminder of one. Which leads me to, th- to what I think is Luke's huge question for us this morning. So, is Abraham right? Does any of this make a difference? Will we allow hearing this warning today to actually impact us and change our ways? Are we going to allow our faith and our experience in the risen Lord help us see those that we'd prefer not to see and to help us treat those around us with compassion, respect, and honor or not. Maybe even if they don't deserve it. Will reading this story this morning make a difference for you and I today? We have elections coming up. I'm sure you're well aware of it. <laughs> if you, uh, you know, look at basically anything going on in our lives right now, right? Between the advertisements, the articles, the interviews, the headlines, anything and everything will be used to turn us against each other and divide this nation, God's people, to create chasms between us. Nominees will try to get us to think that the other people will will take things away from you. I've had countless conversations with people this week. The last one being with someone I just golfed with on Friday, right? Or, sorry, at the soccer game yesterday, talking with another dad. and, And just the way he was describing reality right now was that we're all just waiting for someone to take us off. I was like, really? Yeah, I mean, he just looked angry, and we were just having a a gentle conversation. He's like, we're all just waiting for someone to say something so that we can explode on them in righteous, you know, indignation. At least in our own heads it is. Like we're all pent up from all the frustrations that we've had to struggle with and that we continue to struggle with. And if we're not on the lookout for this, we're going to fall right into these traps that split us apart to see each other as obstacles or as as problems or even as enemies. The way I see it, it all boils down to two things. First, are we actually seeing those around us as fellow sisters and brothers? And second, if we can actually do that... What are we doing to help each other? 
What are we doing to lift those people up? those Lazaruses in our lives. They don't have to be at our doorstep with sores on their bodies. Maybe we're going to help them through another nonprofit. Maybe it's someone on the side of a street. Maybe it's your next-door neighbor who's emotionally or spiritually just obliterated. Maybe it's your spouse or your child or your mom or your dad. Luke knows that we simply can't live into the abundant life God offers us here and now on our own. That abundant life comes through community. When we see those around us as gifts of God and experience the blessing of sharing what we have with others, there's there's a reason generous people are happier than stingy ones. And so much of what comes outside these walls is a reminder you need to really fight to keep what's yours. You know what that makes you? Stingy. God says, I'll take care of that. You'll be taken care of. You'll be okay. I got you. Give away what I give to you and there's be plenty to go around. Live the abundant life today. I truly believe God created us to be in relationship with those around us. And it's in that where we experience the fullness of life. When we embrace the people that God has set in our midst. When we dare to see each other as sisters and brothers. And I get all too well that sometimes we don't like our sisters and brothers. I witness it every day of my life right now. How brothers really don't like each other. But even in the midst of those times when my boys can't stand each other, they still know they're family. They still know they've got to put up with each other. They still know that they've got to love each other, not necessarily like each other. Because here's the deal. Eternal life, it isn't some distant reality. It's not something that happens, you know, far, far away in a long time from now because we're all going to live for at least another 50 years, right? No, eternal life starts today. It starts in this moment, right now. Eternal life is a present experience. It starts in how we see and treat each other. These words from Luke, right? They're definitely a warning not to overlook those in need around us, but they're also an invitation to get busy living. And we get busy living by seeing and helping. That's the life that you're invited to be a part of today. To truly see each other. To know each other. To be invested in each other. Let this be our legacy, both here at King of Kings and in our personal lives. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what you put before us today is no simple task, but you did not call us to the easy life. You called us to a life of worth and meaning and deeper value. And that usually means a tougher climb, a more intentional climb, one that involves 
seeing those around us. Truly hearing and, and getting to know what others are, are going through in their lives. Even if we don't agree with them right now, we can still see each other and care enough to love one another. Send your spirit. Gosh, we need so much of that these days, Lord. Just send an abundance of your spirit that drives us to want to be your hands and feet in this world. That we can think outside of ourselves, that we can think beyond the hurts or the pains or the frustrations that we have in dealing with those others. That we might still see them as people worth you dying for. And if that's the case, Lord, then they're worth our time, our energy, our money, our resources, our wealth. Let us see that in each other. We ask all this in your holy and precious name. Amen. I invite you to stand as you are able. Made children and heirs of God's promise, we now pray for the church, for the world, and for all who are in need. For each of these prayers, I'll kind of give you a topic. Once again, you pray whatever's on your heart pertaining to that topic. And then at the end of each time, I'll say, Lord, in your mercy, please respond with, hear our prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I can only imagine the number of things that are on our hearts today. But in the midst of all that you have us experiencing in this life, Lord, we want to take this time to lift up to you all those who are a part of humanity. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We now pray for creation and this world that you have given us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who are oppressed, enslaved, and for those who are in greatest need. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift up to you ourselves and whatever's going on in our personal lives, Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift up to you the people who are suffering from this latest series of hurricanes that you might be with them use us to help provide food and resources as they recover we lift up to you families who are dealing with loss like the Boone family the Birmingham family the Tippett family and for all those other families and names that we offer to you now Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and all those too deep for words.
Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and now we pray the prayer our Lord taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. I invite you to take out your communion cups. Before we take communion together, let us take a moment to reflect on our week and confess those times when we have failed to live as God would have us live. Please repeat after me. Heavenly Father, pour out your mercy over us. Our sin is heavy and we long to be free. Rebuild what we have ruined. Mend what we have torn. Wash us in your healing flood. Make us alive in your spirit to better follow Jesus. By your grace, forgive us. Through your love, renew us. And in your spirit, lead us so that we may live and serve you in newness of life. Amen. And now hear this, dear children of God. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given over to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all of our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by God's authority, I therefore declare unto you the entire forgiveness of all of your sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people say, Amen. And now I invite you to open up the top of your communion cup. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, and it's given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me, the body of Christ given for you. Amen. And again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, and it's shed for you. And for all people, for the forgiveness of sin, do this for the remembrance of me, the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you this day and keep you always in God's grace and all of God's people say, Amen. A couple things here. Uh, we want to thank you for prayerfully giving to King of Kings to help support our ministries and the amazing work God does through here. There'll be a QR code at the end of our service. There'll be buckets on your way out today. Just know we are changing lives through your generosity. Next thing, I'm going to mess up the cameras here a little bit. Um, you know, it's not that often. So here's the deal. We're, we're in this massive time of transition in every church, right? Because of this pandemic, it's caused people to consider new opportunities, new churches. It's, you know, encouraged people to see life differently and maybe move or or take the new job or do those things. Well, 
It's not every day that we get a chance to lift up our loved ones uh, as they are transitioning into the next chapter of their lives. Usually, they just disappear, and we don't know what happened to them. (laughs) So it's just one of those moments, and I know Jan's not happy about me doing this, but uh, Frank and Jan, will you come forward, please? Uh, I was just informed this morning that uh, they had an opportunity to get a home in Florida, and uh, they're jumping on it. They're excited about this new chapter in their life. And uh, you know, how long have you been a part of here? Five and a half years. Yeah. And uh, it's just it's been a blessing for us to have you. Uh, and we just want to send you off on the right foot. Okay. I know. Yep. You can be annoyed with me all you want. <laughs> That's what you get for talking to pastors, see? Yeah. So, I know. <laughs> I went around her, went to Frank, yeah. Uh, so, may you receive this blessing. May we all receive this blessing. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face which it will a lot because you're going to Florida. And until we meet again, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen. You're going to miss that the most? Well, we stream online. You can check us out. (laughs) Don't forget the QR code. Right? Yeah. Don't forget the QR code at the end of the... No, I'm <laughs> All right, with that, you know, I invite you to stand as you are able. People of God, may you go in peace and share the good news. Thanks be to God.